There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's the yesterday's hero odyssey again. We really should try and get through more than about ten seconds of the film this this week. I know we yeah we promised. I can't remember what we got into last, last week. week it was we? something interesting. I have no idea what we talked about. I just remember that we got about ten seconds of the film again, where Rod was uh, in the phone box that is in the uh, snooker room of the worker men's club where he inhabits, and he'd made a phone call to, to Cloudy and um, got through to our answer phone. Uh, yeah, he hung up. He hung up, he's frustrated. He says, Cloudy, this is Rod. Look, I don't want to talk into a machine. Why don't you call me back and let me know what's going on, okay? Right? He hangs up. <laughs> well, if she's going to call him back, I hope he's in because he's ringing her from the working men's club. You know? Yeah. He'd did, better be in, you in the, bed, wait, did, did you ever used to wait by a phone box for a call? Um, no, I never had to do that because we always had a landline in the house. But, uh, yeah, people did that. I know somebody who lived around the corner from a phone box and didn't have a landline and they'd have to go around to the phone box and have them at a minute call. It seemed so primitive. But we, we, I mean, we, we had a phone, but you'd find it in other circumstances. So, like, on Friday and Saturday night, when we were teenagers, mm. all of the, the, the you know, the, the gang would mm. assemble waifs and strays from the local area, would assemble outside a pub called the Hare and Hounds mm. before mobiles, and that's where everyone would meet and then things would happen from and there. And the phone box would be your office sort of thing. Yeah, a bit like the Fonz. But or not, but, Top Cat. But, but, but yeah, if you yeah, that's it. Like Top Cat. Like if you didn't know what you were doing that night, right, or you were running late, you'd just have the number of the phone box by the hair and house and you would call it. Someone and it wasn't all sort of even mates, it was a, a ragtag collection of local teens that and sometimes that people sprawled. just vaguely knew each other. Sometimes, yeah, Passing it was usually like an overlap of like five or six different groups. Yeah, but they would all have that sort of unofficial meeting place, mm. and then once you got there, people would be like, "There's a party going on here," or "There's a thing going on there," or mm. "Let's just go up the woods." I've got some yeah. beers and some weed or whatever it was. But that's where everything would begin. So you just, if you were quite lazy, and for me it was quite, most people it was in the area near the school so they could walk there, but I lived miles away. So I like, fuck that. I'm going to call up and see what's on offer before I bother getting on two bosses. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. And then someone, sometimes it's someone you just didn't know at all would answer. And you go, yeah, 
what's going on then? What's the story? Where's everyone going? They go, oh, there's not much going on, so we're probably just going to go to the park. I'll be like, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, stay- I'm, watching- I'm staying in, watch play your cards, all right? Thanks all the same. <laughs> They'd have been like, who the fuck was that prick? <laughs> no, thank you. I'm sat back at home, 14, in my dressing gown with a cigar and a Fanta on the go, watching yeah. play your cards, right, on Friday night. Hiya. No, it's all right, thanks. I've got the evening sorted here. I've got a bar, I've got a bar of fucking fruit and not in the fridge. <laughs> Higher, Higher. Oh fuck, it's a six. Uh, uh, lower. Fucking, oh bollocks. What, worst possible fucking card you can get is a six. <laughs> we should start playing play your cards right on this podcast. <laughs> play your cards right. To my mind, is the best game show of all time. Um, oh, just, look, quite aside from the fact that obviously, ever like Bruce, it, to me that's Bruce at his absolute fucking peak, right? Yeah. The Dolly Dealers, the fucking theme tune is an extraordinarily good theme tune, mm. right? Everything about it to me when I hear that theme tune just screams, "It's Friday night, school's out." I am fucking really excited, right? Mm-hmm. And it would be a really good, you know, people have getting ready to go out songs, obviously. We don't have that because we don't go out. And if we do, we don't bother getting ready. (laughs) Or listen to the music. (laughs) Just go out in what fucking, whatever we're wearing, mate. Right. Um, But it's a great getting ready to go out. But anyway, the main reason it's the best game show of all time is that as a concept, it's fucking unbeatable. People come Mm -hmm. up with all of these elaborate fucking ideas, right? More and more. That's how you end up with that fucking... Um, game show on the coins with Ben Shepherd. I was just going to say that. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to think of ever more elaborate or complex things. Like even the wall. We love the wall, yeah. But we, I, I love the wall mainly because of Danny Dyer, right? And the contestants. The game itself, I think, is sometimes a little bit over the top, a little bit extra, right? Mm. But you can't beat play your cards right. It's simply a game of higher or lower. That's it. Anyone can so, play along. There's mm. non-stop jeopardy. There's non-stop emotional roller coaster, right? And it's available to fucking everyone. It is dynamite. Shall we have a little listen to the theme tune? Yeah. Sounds like that's been fire. There you go. And there's the applause, which is essential. Um, Bruce yeah, it sounds a bit like sort of set, earth, wind and fire the when, the, when the horns kick in. And, and you know what? That, that, until the applause kicked in, that was about 15 seconds. What more do you need? Do you know what I mean? You don't need more 15 about. seconds. It's like Roy Keane says. Yeah. 30 seconds. 40 Bruce. seconds for a team <laughs> tune now. I switch on my TV. Some of these programmes now, they like, if you if you go into Netflix, you, you watch the Mayor of East Town, is it? They, they make you sit through a title sequence that last two minutes. What's that? I have never sat through a title sequence for any television show that's worth more than 15 seconds. And you got these theme shows, and then, and then the, theme show, the theme tune finishes, and then they say, coming up. And then they give oh. you a little preview of what's going to happen. I just, just show me it. Show me it as it happens. I don't want to know what's why, going to happen. Why are you happens. ruining the surprise, right? It's a fucking spoiler. And then, before the oh, ad breaks, they'll go. This is no. what happened last time. Yes. For fuck's sake, if you can't fucking remember what happened on the last show, then you shouldn't be watching in the first place. 
and then they got the ad break coming up and they go coming up after the ad break just just fucking get on with it I want more of the programme and less of the flim flam come on absolute waste of time it's like fucking baby television <laughs> like what they used to call it on the CBBS with the fucking what are those cunts called in the, the night garden the Waverloos is it in the night the garden fucking, in the night was. garden with that silly fucking that fucker Iggle Piggle <laughs> Absolute baby sleeping on a fucking boat. What the hell is he thinking? Sleeping in a fucking bed like a man. Who <laughs> oh, you think you are? So kind of hippie. Living out in the woods there. <laughs> and what's his name now? The one who lives in a fucking cave with his wee trumpet. There's something wrong about him. I tell you. What is his name, that cunt? I've forgotten now. Makapaka. Makapaka, that's his name. Fucking Makapaka. In his cave with his wee trumpet. I tell you what, he's got a touch of the Tottenham tendencies about him, that one. There's something <laughs> fucking fishy about him, the way he's carrying on in his cave. <laughs> I need to know what about them little families that's in there as well. The Wattingers. What's they all about? What's the start of the little tiny house? Next door, next door to the Pontypines. The Pontypines. There's a fierce rivalry between them, you know. It reminded me of the rivalry between Cork and Dublin when I was... When I was growing up, they didn't like each other. There was a real hatred. And that was one aspect of the show that appealed to me. Very similar, because they've got little houses and they all got ten kids living in there. <laughs> I like that. There was a big needle there. I could, that was something yeah. I could get behind. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, never knew where it was going to kick off. Lovely stuff. There was always an edge to that. And of course, Derek Jacobi is a fine actor. A lovely narrator. Oh, he's the consummate narrator. You can't get better than him. Not <laughs> since Richard Bryce died, anyway. He I think was that the was a coup. The I think that was a coup for the presenters manager to land the services of Jacoby for a children's program. Super. Lovely I stuff. don't know how much they were paying him. Maybe he did it for the love of the show. I don't know. You get some of these actors; they just believe in the script. Maybe that was the case with Jacoby, but there was something very soothing and reassuring about his voice. <laughs> I remember when he played I, Claudius, in the 70s. That was a fantastic drama. Oh, God. I'm doing, um, as we're talking, I'm doing a little bit of uh, IT support uh, for my son because he's he's at his mother's doing homeschooling and his laptop's gone off. So I'm just uh, texting him. Is it plugged in? Uh, it's the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that he is says, of a question. My laptop crashed and it isn't turning back on. Is it plugged into the wall? I say. Oh, my my guess is that it won't be. That's an insult, mate. That he might he might it, just look at that and go the cheeky you know, can. You'd, you'd think it was an insult, but you'd be surprised. You'd be really? surprised how many times I receive. Oh yeah, it's plugged in. He says. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's plugged in, cunt. Uh, <laughs> I don't know then. Um, hold down the power button. See if that works. Also tell him uh, this conversation is included in Time Machine, <laughs> which I am... <laughs> He's a lot fucking richer than most of the content we come up with as well. Tell him that. Well, exactly. (laughs) For us, it's dynamite content. Might be helpful to some people if we can get to the bottom of it. Anyway, yesterday's hero. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, again, we've we've done almost eleven minutes without talking about the fucking film. Um, so that yeah, he's in that phone box, and then uh, it cuts to Rod in his bedsit, um, and he's trying the phone again. He's trying the phone again. Uh, he's in his dressing gown. He's got all of the newspapers, which you wouldn't have had Rod down as being a, a newspaper. Uh, reader, but he's got all the papers. He's, he's someone who goes out and buys all the papers in the morning and yeah. then sits and reads them all, which people used to do, I think. People used to buy more than one newspaper, didn't they? I used to, yeah. I used to, on Sunday, especially if West Ham had one, I'd want to go out and... I used to buy loads of papers. But um, it's fucking absolute waste of time and money and trees, isn't it? Well, of course. I've never, I haven't bought a newspaper in about ten years, I don't think. Nah, me neither. Fuck that. Uh, still not coming back on. I don't know without looking at it. Can you use your iPad? He says, shall I meditate and wish for an interforce to bring it back on? Yeah, I think that's the best idea. I'll say, can you use your iPad or meditate? Yeah, he's trying to... He, now that he knows he's in the episode, he's trying to be smart and get involved. I'll cut that off. Um, yeah, Rod's reading all the newspapers and the news is on the telly. And there's a, a sports presenter and he says, Rod Turner has been put on suspension by the Saints for an indefinite period. Um, Jake Marsh commented, Rod Turner should retire from football. He's out of training and over the hill. And this is all news to Rod. Rod doesn't know this. You can see by his face, this has been broken to him by the telly. Um, mm. which is, is disgraceful really poor, poor comms from the Saints oh he's still comms, texting yeah. me he's going to get a magic carpet out to meditate on uh, yeah iPad end of conversation right where are we yeah he's just found out by watching the fucking watching the TV news um, and then we cut sort to sort of thing clip- that used to happen under like Various England managers. You always yeah, hear you do stories either, managed, now, don't, don't you? you? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. <clears throat> players getting released by clubs and they don't find out until it's on the telly or someone rings them because they've read it. That'd be other. hard, though. I mean, if you're a manager and you've got loads of different people that you're trying and loads of different jobs all at once, things do fall through, through the gaps. I'd like to. Think <laughs> yeah. if I, was, I don't know if you were England manager and you mm. were announcing your 24-man squad, um, and there, you know, there was a 30-man provisional squad. Mm. What would you like to think that you'd do with those six lads? When I'd would give you them a tell ring. them? I'd give them you'd a ring. Call them up. Yeah, like they're in the same hotel as you. Well, have you had them all staying in that nice Premier well, Inn by the, the canal in Manchester, which is, is where you would run your training camps from? Yeah, of course. <laughs> this this is leading up to Glen Hoddle again, isn't it? In France, '98. Or, yeah. or he wasn't in France. They were in Spain, I think. weren't in the training camp. The manager. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, Gaza coming in to the sounds of Kenny Jane smashing the room up. I'd, I'd, I would do the same. I'd invite them all. Well, I don't know, would you? Because if they're getting invited to the room, you know what's going to happen, don't you? You know what's coming. Just get them all I'd together have. and just, just tell them. Tell them I'd be sat in there, right? And I would, as they open the door, John Gorman, who would be my assistant, although mm-hmm. I've got, is John Gorman dead, mate? Don't think so. Well, in that case, so. if I was made England manager tomorrow, I'd immediately reappoint John Gorman and Steve Harrison. The, the, wow. 
Steve number two from Sh- two eras there. Steve Shitter Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, our discussion of Steve Harrison is how Matt, the legend of Matthew Judkins first arose all those well, exactly. years ago. It was one of the earliest uh, things we talked about yeah. in the very first episode. Yeah. So this, this podcast should be called Six Degrees of Steve Harrison. I'd have both of them, my lieutenants, and I'd go, right, send in the first victim, right? And as the door opened, I would nod to Gorman, and Gorman Mm. would press play on the cassette deck that I had installed in the room. And Mm. you know what it would play? (laughs) And I would make them take part in a game of higher or lower. On a massive, yeah. and I'd have some dolly dealers there as well. But the thing is, you can rig it because you would know that you're going to drop them out of the squad. So you'd have maybe first card would be a two, yeah. second card would be a ten, then you'd have a six, yeah. and then after that, another six. Yeah, nothing for and a pair, out. mate. You're going nothing home. for a pair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. You're going home. Nothing for a pair. Not in and this player, game. Fuck let's off. Let's see it. Let's see it's Gazza will be like, oh, that's rigged. You've rigged that, boss. Sorry, mate. that purpose. No, the cards were shuffled. I don't even do it. My dolly dealers here do. That's right. Linda Lusardi and Cheryl Baker. Well, do it again. Do it again in front of me. Shuffle them. Put them out again. Mm. Nah, sorry. You're going to get one crack at it. I've got a lot of other people to get through. We don't have time to start redoing games just because you're throwing a hissy fit. Now get out. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. I like Gazza, obviously, because he's a legend, but he's got to be the most overrated footballer in the in the history of English football, mate. You know, like <laughs> we were talking what? about, we were talking about that the other day about right. how he flipped it up. Well, I went on that Brazilian shirt name podcast, which yeah. you've been on as well. With yeah. um, it's a great podcast. You should listen to it. Not, I'm not saying my episode. I'm saying any episode. Right? It's a great series. But we were talking about and that we were t- they wanted me to talk about the game against Scotland. And I was like, mm. I remember that game against Scotland. We were shit. And basically, we got lucky because they missed a pen. And mm. then Gaza scored this goal, which is rightly lauded as a great goal. But at the end of the day, Colin Hendry was a fucking joke. He was a big fucking immobile of no, lump of no, a man. No, 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 no. And if he tried that against a proper defender, if he tried that against fucking no. Paolo Maldini or someone, they would have fucking poleaxed him. No, Colin Hendry had won the league with Blackburn a year before that. Colin Hendry wasn't a fucking lummox at that point. He couldn't, he he couldn't respond to that kind of thing. Like, he well, couldn't turn. what can he you do with that? He's not, he's not fucking eight foot tall. What can he do when he flips it Shouldn't over him like that? Shouldn't have let him pass. Maldini would have fucking him somehow down. kneed him in the groin but got away yeah. with it. Nah, I'm not having that. Gazza was, was a brilliant a, player. Do you know why Gazza was overrated, right? Oh, the legend of Gaza stems back to one moment in Italia 90 where we were playing shit as we had been in the first game against this Ireland. This is rubbish. This is nonsense. And, Go on. And Gaza came on, right? Gaza came into the team and everyone was like, mm, Gaza. The reason was England had no flair players. We dropped Hoddle, right? Barnes and Waddle and Beardsley were kind of hamstrung by Bobby Robson's tactics right mm. and Gaza came in every decent team in the world had a number 10 we had they had whether it was Hadji or Baggio or Mateus or Valderrama we had Gaza right but Gaza was quite young and had never actually been a dominant figure for any team he'd played for at that age he'd been yeah. promising at Newcastle 
and he'd shown oh, flashes of brilliance at Spurs. That was it. He was no, he was by no means a great midfielder in, in the English league at that time. He was someone who had flashes of brilliance. Against Holland, oh, Sam, we stop. were labouring. Listen, we were labouring to a nil-nil <laughs> draw and he got the ball on the touchline and one of the Dutch defenders, I don't know whether it was Koeman or who it was, was trying to shut him down and out of fucking nowhere, Gaza pulled out a Cruyff turn and sent this Dutch defender completely the wrong way. And it was breathtaking. Everyone was like, fuck. But because we're England, it was inflated to like, oh my God, he's like no, Maradona. No, no, no. Did Gaza was, score Gaza any was goals in that World stuff. Cup? No. Gaza yeah, was doing brilliant fla- stuff he was a season cameo after player. season. He was a cameo player with flashes of brilliance. He never dominated a game for England. And, he had, and, and at club level... I remember I used to go and see him at Lazio. Do you know why he was loved at Lazio? Because he was mad and he's a lovable, amazing character with amazing moments up his sleeve. I don't think he was great at Lazio. He wasn't like, great at Lazio. Like Matt Letizia. i tell you where he was great. At club level, he was great at one club and one club only. Glasgow no. Rangers. He was great at Rangers. He, yeah, Mickey but- Mouse League. Tin Pot League. Tin Pot Opposition. He was the best player in the league, head and shoulders. He was nowhere near that in ever in the English league or the Italian league. Oh, that, man. That's just a fact. No, that's, that's Tottenham, absolute Tottenham, garbage. Tottenham were a mid-table team, mate. Tottenham, he wasn't Scott. He wasn't tearing it up for Tottenham. He never won Player of the Year no. when he was at Tottenham. No, I'm sorry. No, he, he no, never. No, he, he never stop, scored stop. loads of goals. Stop. You're basing he, it on the great moments, and he did. He did produce a number of great moments, but did he produce as many great moments as Matthew Letizia? No. Well, for for one thing, we don't know because every match wasn't filmed back then. You didn't get video coverage of every game till about 1990. Mm. So you didn't know the stuff that they did unless it was on Match of the Day, one of the three games on Match of the Day. As for England, people were clamouring for him to be brought in the England squad. He had that brilliant friendly game where they won 4-1, I think, before... Um, was it before the 1990 World Cup? Can't remember. Manchester United yeah. wanted to sign him. Spurs wanted him. There was a big... The, well, he was playing he was for Spurs already. Player. He was, was playing for Spurs already. Player. He'd done two years at Spurs. And what he was, was... he was. I'm not saying he was he was shit. But what he was, was people started saying he's like our Maradona or our Hadji. And he was... These are players, or Baggio. These were players who won league titles for their clubs by being absolutely dominant figures who would take games by the scruff of the net on a regular basis, right? No one ever compared him to Maradona. They said he was like our version. No one said he was as good, but he was our version. But he wasn't. What he was was he was a cameo player, right? Who once in a while would pull something out that would take your breath away. But what he wasn't, he didn't have that consistency of a player like, you know, if you look at players like great English central midfielders, are players like Lampard Brian and Gerrard Robson. and Brian Robson. Gerrard, yeah. yeah. Yeah, players that could run and run, that could get a tackle in. I don't care about that. I want to see someone who, who can do something with the ball that yeah, no me fucker too. else can do. Me too, but he was not a consistently brilliant player. He was someone care. who could do moments that would take your breath away. But, but if you look at players like Zidane or Baggio, right, other players in that position, they had all the skill of Gaza, if not more, plus they did it at the very highest level, consistently for years and years and years, no. and they won trophies as a result. Gaza never did that other than at Glasgow Rangers. And frankly, fucking hell, if they'd put Matt Letitia in, it, Matt Letitia could have played for fucking Motherwell and won the league every year on his own. 
What I'm saying is he was basically Matt Letizia. Matt Letizia was was an amazing player. Exactly the same kind of player. Matt Letizia is exactly the same kind of player. I agree. Gascoigne's way better. That's the level. That's the level. No, Letizia was easily as good, if not better, because he did it every week for years. Right, so cut to Clint and Cloudy in... I'm really angry now. Cut to Clint and Cloudy in Clint's office. Um, Clint is... Fucking hell. Clint, of course, played by Paul Nicholas, lest we forget, is uh, playing with his Skelectric fucking set. Big Skelectric set on the fucking floor of the office. While Cloudy watches, you know, and he wonders why she doesn't want to fuck him. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So, and of course, he's doing the whole fucking oppressive, toxic, not even your boyfriend stuff. He's asking her where she was yesterday. You know, he's wanting an account of her movements and all this kind of thing. Fucking hell. Uh, she says she was at home and he says, I called you a couple of times and I got a machine, just like Rod had done. They all fucking uh, hate this machine, don't they? It's because she's yeah. American. She's come over with her fancy gadget. Got a machine over. confusing all these English people. And, um, he, yeah, he says, I called you a couple of times and got a machine. She says, I just didn't feel like talking. And then he says, and how come you ran out of the party so fast on Saturday? Which, of course, was when they were at the disco before um, before Cloudy took Rod back to her place. How come you ran out of the party so fast on Saturday? And she quite rightly says, what is this, the third degree? What the fuck? What has it got to do yeah. with you, Paul Nicholas? Fuck's sake. You know, Andy, this reminds me of something that I've had in my own life at various times, right? And we've talked recently about boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm not joking when I say I've got bloke mates, right? Not a lot, but I've had them who act like that, right? Mm-hmm. And go, what? why weren't you answering your phone? Why Why didn't you respond to the fucking 50 WhatsApp messages I sent? To you? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and it, you don't want to be as brutal, but I, sh- I now know you should be. Just go, I just didn't want to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And go, why? Yeah, I, was busy. I didn't want it. Why were you busy? And like sometimes I find myself making up things, like going, "I'm really busy," but the, but I don't know why. Because the truth is, it's like I just couldn't be asked. It's just like doing other shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and people like, go, "Well, what's the um?" So, a, a, a male and male man said to me recently, "What are you giving me the silent treatment for?" And I thought, what? Well, I, I just couldn't be bothered getting back to you. That's what I'm, I'm like. I mean, you know, I don't really, I can't think of anyone other than probably my mum, my kids, and maybe my wife, but not even my wife would ever be bothered about that. She would yeah. never go, why didn't you get back to me? She'd just be like, silly cunt, can't be bothered talking to him anyway, right? But maybe my mum and certainly my kids, I would always think, right, I better get back to them because if not, they might be worried or whatever. But, mm. like, yeah, some people are like that. They're like, why aren't you getting back? And I think in the world we live in now, like, we're going back to 1979 with Yesterday's Hero, and it was an issue then. But now, all this shit where they can see whether you've read the message or not, it's yeah. fucking bollocks, mate. It makes me want to just have my phone off all day. Yeah, yeah. Because people, I mean, people, it, like... people are t- demanding. And do you know what? People are very entitled, aren't they, of your time. Totally. We live in the edge of entitlement. But that's I mean, what even, what even associates, now. friends, and you sort of yeah, think, yeah. if I don't get back, if you send me, it's a simple rule, I think, if I send someone more than one message in a day and they don't respond, then I think they're either busy or they can't be asked. But one thing's they're for dead. sure, I will stop sending messages. Oh, they're dead. Mm. But one thing's for sure, 
I'm not going to waste either of our time by sending a third message, right? Mm. But there are people who will send you fucking... that You won't respond twice, so they'll think, better keep going. I'll ring him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their their outlook like, is basically, right, I wish to begin a conversation with you now. That's it. You must comply now. Yeah, yeah. And if what? you don't comply, they'll turn it around to you and think, you're being a grumpy cunt, aren't you? You go, no. You're being fucking insane, mate. <laughs> I mean, that's why, that, I was going to say, that's why I started replying to my son's text during this podcast. Because partly because it's an emergency because his laptop's not working for homeschooling. But partly because if I didn't, he'd fucking ring up and want to know what's going on. Yeah, but he is your son. And he there is. are basically, you shouldn't really have more than two or three people in your entire life shouldn't who have you give license to behave like that. It certainly shouldn't be a mate. Because that's not what mateship's about. Where you know are I mean? you? Why won't you communicate with me now? I speak wish to, to converse me, with you. I mean, even when we were kids, right? When you didn't have any fucking responsibilities or any shit going on in your life other than just sitting around, right? You would still be like, ah, I'm not calling that cunt back. Can't be bothered. And <laughs> and your friend would know and think, yeah, fair. Do you know what I mean? Fair. Yeah. Just can't be asked. Probably watching why don't you? Who am I to interrupt, right? But now we are men with families and, mm. well, I was about to say jobs, but we can't really claim to have those. These but jobs. Do you know These what I mean? Jobs. Responsibilities and... Sort of commitments, let's call them. Demands on our time. <laughs> Admin. Logistics to take Hobbies. care of. Therefore, therefore, <laughs> do you, you know, you would think, oh, he's probably got some other fucking pressing matters to be dealing with. Or he literally just wants to be unbothered for a while. Maybe not just for a few hours, but maybe for a week. He just doesn't want to be fucking bothered. I increasingly find myself like that. And you just can't make apologies for it, can you? Yeah. I, like, I just don't want to be, just leave me alone. Yeah, it's like that Michael course. Jackson song. Hey, I tell you what, I know how Jack Hole felt now. I never got that song at the time, yeah? I was thinking, what's his fucking problem? Why doesn't he lighten up? He put himself in the spotlight. Why is he asking to be left it. alone now? He's made his choices. But now I'm thinking, hey, Jack Hole, I know how you felt, son. I'm the same. I didn't choose to be like this. If people want to be on me back all the time, that's their problem, not mine. Leave me alone. Like Jack Hole. He was probably the same as me. He was sat at home. He had a nice bag of crisps he'd just opened. Yeah. <laughs> and he was about to watch a documentary about trees. Well, probably watching and he some kids fast chatting. <laughs> probably going to watch Shaggy DA or something like that. Yeah. He had his pyjamas on, his feet up. Right. <laughs> he had a nice brew on. And he was like, I just want to watch this film about a fucking dog man. Right. And suddenly there's all sorts of cunts fucking wanting to start a chat with him. Ringing him up. Office Leave coming over me the phone. alone. And he sat there, he's like, fuck me, I've had an idea for a song here, I'm going to make some notes. Never a truer word has been said, I'd say that. <laughs> it's a song that means a lot to me. <laughs> it's a song that I would like played at my funeral. <laughs> that would be a funny song at your funeral, Leave, Leave Me, me alone. alone by Michael Jackson. <laughs> It'd be so weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> Leave me alone at my funeral. Let this go on record now. I want Leave Me Alone by Michael Jackson, followed by the theme tune to Play Your Cards Right. <laughs> and if it's if it's Play Your Cards Right, I'm assuming you want to get uh, cremated and not buried. Is that right? Yeah, of course, yeah. So they're going to have to whiz that coffin through the curtain pretty quickly for the 15 seconds of play your cards right. No, but what I could have actually, swap, swap it round. When people walk into the chapel, 
or whatever mm. they call it, the death, the 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 death zone, right? Yeah. Um, the death temple, I think they're called. When they walk in, just have play your cards right on a loop played gently as Fucking they walk hell. in. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe it's commissioned like an or- a slower orchestral version of it. Oh yeah, a more solemn version of it. Do you know do, what do, my do, my good wife had do, as she do, walked do, 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 down the aisle on our yeah. wedding day? The orchestral reprise of the Look of Love oh, from the album Lexicon of Love. Beautiful, classy, right? Very classy. Mm. You stand there thinking, yeah, she's a keeper. She's going to be oh, a good enough. wife. Listen to this fucking jackpot. <laughs> Even I'm Martin fucking Fry on my wedding day. <laughs> That's very good. Very good. I like that. Um, let's leave it there, I reckon. We've got through about <laughs> How another far minute. How did we get, film. mate? About a minute, minute and a half at the most. Sorry about the Gaza stuff. I love Gaza, obviously. He's a great player. <sighs> But sometimes it's fun to have provocative opinions, isn't it? To stay relevant. <laughs> I'm really worried about remaining relevant, so I have to make up things like that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's going to be another spin-off series of the Terrible Opinions podcasts that we do. Oh, yeah, we could do Terrible Opinions every week. I think by the time we get another three or four years down the line, they'll all be Terrible Opinions, Sam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've run out all of right. opinions, so I've had to start making some up. All right, right, that's it for this one. We'll be back on another one next week. Uh, don't get in touch with us. We're not fucking interested. Leave us alone. Oh, 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 oh